Chapter 25 of The Queen of Appalachia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Queen of Appalachia by Joe H. Borders. Chapter 25 The Queen of Appalachia. Yes, Ollie, your Mr. Thornton is a wonderful man. Think of the time he is spending in your interest. And he has been at a great expense, too, which must be returned to him a hundredfold. I never saw such a man, mother. Wonderful? He is fully a century in advance of the common mortal. Likely enough, his wealth of intelligence and wisdom certainly has no equal in this kingdom, but possibly the old country is more enlightened. We may be a century in the rear. No, I can assure you that in point of education, arts and sciences, intellect, culture, and refinement— we are equal, if not superior to his country. In mechanical progress and inventions we lead, Mr. Thornton admitted as much. I thought you told me they had many advantages over us. Natural advantages, mother. They have a glorious, warmth-giving sun, which, of course, we are not privileged to enjoy. Oh, I understand, Ollie. They have the sun, moon, and stars, the heavens, its atmospheric changes, rainbow, and many other astronomical attractions which we cannot enjoy. But we have our sunlight, which you say is the same as the great orb of day, expecting the absence of heat, and that we do not need. In place of a sky with its galaxy of stars, its moon, its Milky Way, its rainbow and its meteors, we have a veritable sky, with a constellation of glittering stars that sparkle and shine throughout the night with equal brilliancy. The moon we have no use for anyway. On the other hand, my dear, Think of the lightning, the thunderstorms, the wind, the cyclones, the floods, the cloudy days, the unpleasant weather, the rain, the hail, the fog, the mud, the cold winters and hot summers. Yes, yes, mother. I appreciate the fact that Appalachia is heaven compared with the outside world insofar as the things you mention. But, mother dear, you forget the beauty and music of the spheres. There is grandeur, even in their raging storms. The play of the lightning is magnificent. The reverberations of the distant thunder in its deep, full bass tones are unequaled, and the music of the raindrops is incomparable. No doubt you enjoyed it, dearie. It was something novel. And their great systems of railways, their monster engines and endless trains of magnificent drawing-room cars. It was lovely, mother, to say nothing of the streetcars, but in architecture there is little or no difference. Their buildings are larger, perhaps, but they lacked artistic finish. Their shops, though, are interesting. The enthusiastic speaker gave her mother a word picture of one of the department stores she visited, and thus they talked all morning, finally making the circuit and back to the starting point. Thornton, the man who was the instrument in restoring Olivet to her home and who aided in making that home so cheerful and happy this morning. Paul had made Olivet acquainted with all the facts concerning himself and Miss Arnold, their intimacy, the scandal, and that he believed her love for him was the incentive that brought her to this country, and Olivet had in turn communicated these facts to her mother, so that Miss Arnold came in for a share of the oral feast. "'Poor girl, I pity her,' said the mother. "'Is her love returned? What does he say?' "'He is hard to understand,' was the reply." But during their intimacy at Princeton, I'm convinced he was not only smitten, but very much attached to her. Then he still loves her. He is not a man who... 
the door chimes exclaimed olivet mr thornton no doubt going to the receiver and glancing at the card miss arnold she read why mother is it the patient instead of the healer a pleasant surprise replied she while the daughter with a pleased smile ran to the door this little incident clearly reveals to the reader the character of this household instead of resenting the action of miss arnold of saturday's proceedings they open their doors and arms to her and make her feel that she is among friends miss arnold this is an unexpected pleasure said olivet recognizing her own living picture the moment she threw open the door the visitor who approached her rival with fear and trembling was astonished to find herself in the arms of her double and carried into the house with the enthusiasm and warmth of feeling a lifelong intimate friend paul was advancing toward the avenue facing the west entrance to the palace where the appalachians a thousand or more awaited his arrival having signified the welcome ready to be extended to him by a remarkable demonstration in cheers and huzzas that rent the air in patriotic yet jubilant melody the one which the queen and father brown had witnessed miss arnold on her way to olivet glancing back at the scene and hearing the shouting multitude imagined she could almost hear the strains of seuss's band as it struck up see the conquering hero comes paul would have avoided this dramatic all hail if his personal wishes had controlled events but he had learned to obey the voice of his conscience which he called the i am who doeth all things well he realized that god was moving the people and that love and truth were rapidly gaining a stronghold among the appalachians he accepted the magnificent reception as a matter of course and without hesitation accepted the glad hands of responsive fellowship and welcome glory to god in the highest peace on earth good will to men shouted he i am not a shouting methodist nor a john the baptist but my friends i feel that this is a glorious day for christ pardon me brother said a clerical-looking gentleman going closer towards paul i am a servant of the most high and am anxious to know more of your methods of healing and treating disease my methods are christ's methods answered paul i treat disease as i do sin by placing my heel upon it as you would a venomous reptile to crush it out of existence then you claim god as the power behind your works who but god can cleanse our mortal bodies and quicken the spirit within us answered paul yankee fashion who are you who has power beyond that of others he gives no more power to one than to another we are all born with equal faculties but all men are not born teachers many students are slow to learn music the door must be opened god does not force the door turn the knob and walk in it is not locked my friend when you get into the splendor of the central sun its glorious rays will stir the vibrations and penetrate the dead facilities until such misnomers as sickness will be crushed out of memory truth makes us anew the old things are of the dead past we are born of the spirit and are full of love and truth and god we want nothing more there is no room for anything but god passions appetites and greed have yielded to grander things i claim no more power and spirit than you as a teacher should have my friend for to teach is to heal if you are a servant of the most high and fully understand god your knowledge and faith will establish health for god is life hence you are life therefore perfect health he maketh himself a god said the servant turning to the audience that accusation of the rabbis was a justification of christ spake paul for the christian there is no other self but god mind is god 
My friend, your body needs a spiritual bath. The vessel is full, but it has become stagnant with the ages of dead and decaying matter. Cleanse it and fill it full of love, truth, and power. God. How do we know but you are one of the false teachers that we are told would appear and to beware of? asked another minister. By their fruits ye shall know them, spoke Paul. The prayers of the unrighteous availeth not. The spirit that was in Christ Jesus should dwell in us, and if we are unable to demonstrate with the same power and spirit, we are lacking in spiritual understanding. If God be for us, who can be against us? In him we live, move, and tramp the earth. So if we suffer, God suffers. Then if we sin, God sins, and when we die, God dies, says the interrogator, laughing. Trash, I suppose you believe that one can violate all of the Ten Commandments and be as spotless as one who lives a sinless life, doing all the good he can and trying in his humble way to live holy and serve his master? I see your mind is mixed with good and evil, said Paul. How could sin enter into the world without entering God? Doesn't God fill this universe? Is he not infinite? And is there any particle of space that he does not fill? You make your own heaven and your own hell. What you do is your own act, but you are God. Forgive yourself. When you do that, the whole matter is ended. Do you believe in future punishment? was asked. There is only God. Therefore, there couldn't be enough space anywhere for a hell big enough to hold one man. All the hell any man receives is the fire kindled in himself, and this fire is for the express and implied purpose of cleansing. Then our church organizations are all wrong, and we should pray to ourselves and to the God in us, said a white-haired gentleman, close by. When you get the idea that there has been a creator, a heavenly father out of your mind, you will begin to worship the light. The only likeness or image of God is man. Don't go to worshiping a God with legs and arms and liver and lungs. Put this old heathen out of your head. It is adultery. Praise your own body and mind, and pray to your people instead of praying for them. It is the fashion among religionists to say, Oh, Lord God, do this and do that, and then fold their hands and wait for God to do it. In these days of advanced thought, the devil has gone out of business. God is neither great nor small, high nor low, neither old nor young. He is the all of all. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You are the center, and you may say in the majesty of your own divinity, Things may come, and things may go. Men, women, queens, trees, horses, cattle, and even the very mountains may move around me. I am unmoved, because I am resting in the center. Be an individualist. Don't link yourself with any man or woman. Avoid organizations and societies, especially those blindly trying to do the work you do. Speak gently. Find no fault. Love your neighbor and do nothing in transgressing the platform of the all-good. Stand in your own individuality, right in the sun's center, when you will always realize your own health, life, joy, happiness, and prosperity. What is your religion? I am an individualist and belong to no school of religion. I have recognized my own divinity. Organized religion is a shadow cast over the light. The shadow of a priest or a preacher or a book falls over your own pathway, and you are blinded and made to turn aside and wander into the wilderness and quagmires, or else sit down and become stagnant. It is taking away from you your own birthright. Organized religion is a robber stealing from you your own right to approach God in your own way. God is an individualist. Churches are institutions. 
You believe in the Bible, which speaks of building churches? Yes, my friend. God is building churches every day. He has erected millions of tabernacles, and I am one of them. My tabernacle is not one built with hands, and the I am in me can heal the sick all over the earth, can go from planet to planet. My heart is filled and thrilled with the freedom which belongs to the Spirit. The God within me is my companion and guide. Instead of bowing to the elements or to the nerves or to the stomach, they should bow to us. All men are not prophets. All are not seers. I have not received the same gifts. And let me say here and now that all of us cannot be queens. I'm glad you quit soaring around in space long enough to get down on earth again, spoke the servant. We would like you to explain how a man who claims so much could get mixed up in a fight for the throne. Admitting, for argument's sake, you are right, and that you introduced the real Queen Olivet. Do you not know that in deposing Queen Angelina, you cause endless trouble and sorrow? All imaginary ills are not confined to the so-called physical disease. The mind is just as liable to get crossways as your liver. In treating, I do not inquire the trouble, for God heals by cleansing the temple, this body of ours. There is only one word, and you can't split it into pieces. One word, one God, one everlasting voice. Queen Olivet was delivered into me by the hand of God, and I was commanded to go forth and battle for her rights. I asked the Spirit no questions. I am merely obeying his will, and even the power of the organized church through its agents in yonder place will avail nothing. The priest may plead and plan, yeah, he may command, but the great I am will take him by the coat collar and throw him out of the window. God stills the storms, my friends, and the big tornado that you imagine is causing trouble is rapidly melting into nothingness. There is no storm. All is peace and serenity. Let the music of harmony and good go forth over Appalachia. God is always right, and with him there can be no discord. God is in the midst of this so-called crisis in your government, and you may rest assured he will make no mistake. Queen Olivet will resume her rightful position, and Angelina will willingly and cheerfully acquiesce in the arrangement. The leaven is working, and despite the devil and his imps, the will of God will triumph. There she is! Long live Queen Olivet! Three cheers for Angelina! The cheering and shouting were deafening, and the eloquence of Paul was forgotten in the excitement. Paul glanced in the direction of the surging crowd when an inspired scene was presented to him. Queen Olivet, in royal robes, with Angelina on the one side and Miss Arnold on the other, headed a procession on the beautiful grounds toward the plaza, followed by a royal train of uniformed soldiers, a band of fifty pieces bringing up the rear. Reaching the platform, surrounded by the excited populace, Angelina kissed the forehead of Olivet, and taking from her own neck a golden chain, she encircled it around Olivet, and arranged the pendant of the queen, with its dazzling brilliancy, attached in front. She faced the great crowd, bowing in courtesy, and, in a short but patriotic speech, presented Queen Olivet. The scene following this beautiful incident, beggar's description, Old men cried for joy, women shouted and praised God, thousands of people cheered for both queens, and the royal band played coronation. At the close of the presentation scene, Paul appeared upon the platform and, advancing between Olivet and Angelina from the rear, 
joined their right hands and reverently placed his lips on the band of union as a seal saying whom god has brought together in reconciliation and universal peace let no man disunite amen was the thundering responsive confirmation father brown whose plans were so cruelly trampled upon by angelina left her with vengeance clearly shown in his face but she was too thorntonized as he expressed it to take heed of his advice and actions and her former lord and master made his exit without her knowledge he realized as an unmistakable fact that paul thornton with his gallantry his pleasant smiles his winning ways and captivating manner together with his dashing handsome appearance and his social moral and religious power had turned angelina's head and captured her heart before the stranger crossed his path the word of the priest was a command his counsel a law he was to all intents and purposes the power behind the throne his reign was short but he had made good use of his official position as a de facto queen angelina was young and in father brown she found a valuable aid and it is no wonder therefore that he was deeply chagrined over the manner in which she was thrown aside when he realized that his queen could not be thwarted in her determination to abdicate that she no longer heeded his advice he became very bitter towards the man whom he held responsible for the change his leave-taking was as informal as the one when the queen had confessed her guilt but now his thoughts were not about what was to be done to avert a threatened crisis but how to deal with the man who had clipped his wings and would take his place going straight to his elegant suite of rooms on the second floor of the palace he heaved a deep sigh feeling that sooner or later he would have to seek new quarters throwing himself upon a lounge he burst into tears the first real tears he had shed for years it was a moment of agony and grief such as never before fell to his lot the reader need not be extravagant in sorrow and pity for the church he represented neither to his tears his agony nor his grief were for his church it was brown the individual member thereof who was the sufferer for purely personal reasons had paul thornton come between him and the woman he loved when the grief-stricken priest arose from his couch his features were anything but those a priest should wear but his eyes were dry and his face determined he threw on a light cloak and hurriedly left his apartments leaving the palace on the east side he crossed the grounds and passed out taking a car that was apparently awaiting him ten minutes later he was in close consultation with one of the employees of the government mint end of chapter twenty five recording by astronomy